given us a spirit of fears. So right away, the gift of hope begins with the need for us to replace fear. You and I, we need to replace fear. Now, we've been saying it a lot in this series, but I want to keep reminding us that fear is the natural human response to uncertainty, right? That's our natural response. Fear comes to everybody, but it's a question of what do you do with that fear? And here what we're saying is we want to replace fear. Just about everyone loves getting gifts because they are presented as a symbol of the giver's affection and kindness. But all too often those gifts get quickly forgotten in the chaos of life. Well, today, Pastor Daniel will teach you about the indescribable, unforgettable gift of hope and love given by a good and kind father. In our current cultural moment, the certain and good hope of God and His abundant, incredible love diffuses fear and hopelessness. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 2 Timothy chapter 1 with his message, The Gift of Hope. We all love to receive gifts, don't we? I mean, I always think about my kids when it's Christmas time. And, and as a family, we started telling our kids that uh, Santa asked if, if he can drop presents off early. Because you know how it is when you're a parent. It's like, where do you hide the presents? And so we said, listen, with all the different kids and so many people in the world, if Santa can drop them off early, he'd really appreciate it. And so presents start showing up. And I always catch my kids and they're always looking at the box and who's it from and some of the presents are from Jesus and some are from their brothers and sisters and everything and then they shake it and then they start asking I wonder what's in it why because a gift is something that creates an expectancy I mean it means that you're loved right when you when you receive a gift somebody thought enough about you to be able to say oh I want to give them that thing it's one of the things that makes the holidays so exciting for all of us isn't it because you just wonder I wonder what I'm going to get I wonder if anyone's going to think about me we love receiving gifts now I'm here to tell you the greatest gift giver is God himself. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, come on, Fusco. I mean, of course you're going to say that. You're a pastor. And that's right. Of course I'm going to say that. Because our love of receiving gifts, it's a reminder to us that God has always been in the gift-giving business. And what I love so much about God's gifts is that God knows what we truly need. And I mean, like, you know, I think about my kids and the different presents that they've gotten as my kids have gotten older. What they really thought was extraordinary when they were younger, now they're like, oh, I can't believe I really wanted that. I can't believe uh, that this, that was such an important thing to me, right? God knows what each one of us really needs, and God as an amazing heavenly father is always looking to give us the best gifts. And in times of uncertainty, in, 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 in scary times, God wants to give each one of us the gift of hope. Not just hope in the idea of hope, but the gift of hope that comes from knowing the Lord. And as part of this Unstoppable Hope series, I'm really excited to talk with you about how God chooses to give us the very gift of hope in the very real circumstances of what's going on. Listen, for all of us, no matter how we're feeling about this all, God wants to give us the gift of hope. 
So in order to get at that today, I want to unpack this for you from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. So if you have, open up uh, your Bible. If you brought a Bible with you, I want you to, if you, uh, if you don't, just open up another browser window. And I want you to be able to, to read along one verse, but full of insights for us. Listen to what it says. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to read that one to you again because it's a simple verse, but it packs a lot of punch. You might have missed it. This is what it says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, the Apostle Paul is writing this to a young man named Timothy, and Paul calls Timothy a son in the faith. See, Timothy was a younger man, and Paul had been investing his life in him. We have these two letters, First and Second Timothy, both written by Paul to Timothy, his young protege. And Timothy, at this point, was struggling a little bit in his ministry. He was starting to feel overwhelmed by all that was going on. And so, really, what you have here is Paul is writing to Timothy to encourage him. And then he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So right away, the gift of hope begins with the need for us to replace fear. You and I, we need to replace fear. Now, we've been saying it a lot in this series, but I want to keep reminding us that fear is the natural human response to uncertainty, right? That's our natural response. Fear comes to everybody, but it's a question of what do you do with that fear? And here what we're saying is we want to replace fear. Because it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So when you and I feel this fear about these uncertain times, you have to remember that that fear is not a God-given thing. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, of course, I want to make the distinction, and I think it's always important, because the Bible tells us that we need to fear the Lord, because it is the beginning of wisdom. And we fear God because he's God, and we're not. He's almighty, and we're not all that mighty, right? And we also fear wanting to make sure that we, with the knobs on our side of the wall, do the best job we can with the relationship. There's an old saying I always heard that it takes two to tango. Now, I'm here to tell you, you'll never catch Fusco tangoing. Don't got those type of moves right? But the idea is it takes two people to be in a relationship. So with the knobs on our side of the wall, we want to make sure that we fear God because he's God. Jesus isn't our homeboy. He's the Messiah. He's the savior, right? But we have to realize that fearing God is different. It's talking about that when we are scared about our circumstances, when we are looking at all the uncertainty and we're gripped and isolated with fear, that that is not from the Lord. And listen, can we just be honest right now? Many, many, many of us are making fear-based decisions right now. Right now, so many of us were looking and, and, and instead of taking that fear and replacing it with what God has truly given us, we're just making all these decisions and, and we're making fear-based decisions and fear-based decisions are not faith-based decisions, Right, And I just want to encourage you right now, make sure you're not making those fear-based decisions. I mean, I want to encourage you to be fully engaged at your local church. Churches right now, they're struggling. People are concerned that churches are going to be closing down because people are not being generous with their church. People are just choosing not to be involved. And all of those things are real, but we want to replace that fear. We don't want to make fear-based decisions. We want to make faith-based decisions. 
And I'm here to tell you, even right now, many of us have stopped praying. We've, we've stopped saying, God, I'm, I'm seeking you in the midst of all this. And listen, prayer is not getting our will done in heaven. Prayer is linking up hands with God to get his will done on earth. And I believe that in this current moment, linking up hands with God to get his will on earth is exactly what God is wanting. That's what he's wanting from you. That's what he's wanting from me. He wants to do a work in the midst of this. But listen, we need to replace that fear because that fear, when it grips our hearts, it immobilizes us. But we need to replace that fear with faith because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But what has God given us? Notice in our verse. Oh, let me read you this first. Psalm 34, verse 4. It says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. Wow. How powerful is that? See, we don't want to be immobilized in fear. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And then it says that God delivered me from those fears. So if God has not given us a spirit of fear, what has he given us? Look at what it says. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Now I got it for you this way. My friends, I got the power. And you got the power. You guys know the song. You remember that? By Snap 1990. I got the power. And guess what? If you're in Christ, you have the power. Because it's not your own power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. See, God has given us, not a spirit of fear, but he's given us power. Supernatural power. And oftentimes in the midst of uncertainty, when people are nervous, we forget that God has already given us the power that we need, the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize how empowered you are? Now, I realize when I say that, oh yeah, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. But many of us right now are saying, I don't really feel all that powerful right now. Many of us are saying, oh man, this is really bad. I don't really know what's going to happen. Right? I got some scripture for you. Listen to the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. When Paul was talking about his thorn in the flesh it says speaking of the lord and he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness therefore paul says most gladly i will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of christ may rest upon me how beautiful is that that god's strength is made perfect in our weakness. That God's power exists where human power ends. With all that's going on right now, we realize the limitations of the human power, human ingenuity. But that is where human ingenuity and power ends. That's where God's strength steps on in. Wow. God say, my grace is sufficient in your weakness. And that's why Paul says, therefore, I will the most gladly boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Did you hear that? He's saying, I'm willing to boast. I'm willing to make much of my own weaknesses because in my weakness, I see the power of Christ in such an amazing way. Maybe that one of the things God wants to do in this whole situation is to remind us that when we're weak, he's strong. Maybe what God wants to do right now as we look at uncertain situations, he wants to remind us that as amazing as all the experiences we get to have is, we need a power that is greater than our own. 
See, I always pray to the Lord when something's going on that I don't like. I say, Lord, you know I want you to take this away. But while it's here, will you bear the fruit that you want to bear in my life? Maybe what God wants to do right now in me and you and in our community and our world is to humble us. Because now we're realizing how fragile life can be. And how quickly everything can change. But in an unchanging world, we are reminded that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is exactly the same right now as before all this stuff started. Listen, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power. And if you're here and you're in Christ, you have that power. Now listen, the power of the Holy Spirit is a gift that God gives to all who believe. And when a person says yes to Jesus, the Spirit of God takes up residence in their life. As a church family, Eric Crosses, we've been talking about this a lot as we went through the Life Hack series. And I love the fact that God, in His infinite wisdom and power, had us laying hands and anointing with oil thousands and thousands of people before we weren't allowed to be next to one another. Because God knew that this was all going to happen. And God wanted us to realize that the power is not in us, it's in Him. And I love how God works sovereignly in the midst of our church, in the midst of that. But even right now, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1 that they should wait in Jerusalem until the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And then they will be as witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And if you're in Christ right now, the power of God is inside of you because the spirit of God is inside of you. And he's a gift that God has given you. Now, if you're watching this right now and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, and if that's you, listen, I'm so excited that you're with us. Thank you for joining us here at Crossroads. I am so excited that you are learning about who Jesus is. Right now, the power of the Holy Spirit is working on you, but from the outside. The Spirit of God is seeking to bring you to Jesus, that your sins may be forgiven, that you may be robed in the righteousness of Jesus, that you might be saved or born again. That's the word that Jesus used, that you must be born again. If you're not born again, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, guess what? The Spirit of God is working so that you would put your faith and trust in Jesus so that the Spirit of God doesn't have to work on you from the outside, but he can take up residence within you from the inside. And listen, all you need to do is say yes to Jesus. Respond to the invitation that Jesus is giving you to be one of his children, to be saved, to be forgiven. And then you will have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside doing an internal work that will have external ramifications. So listen, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He wants us to replace that fear. And he's given each one of us the power. But not only has he given us the gift of power, look what it says, like in Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Oh, I love this. We always have to remember, we need to let love rule. You need to let love rule. See, God has given us the gift of his love. And it's the love of God that transforms everything. See, what I think is so powerful is that God has proactively and preemptively chosen to love each one of us. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God does not wait until we are deserving of love. God bestows his love on people. And then he loves us. I always like to say God loves us just as we are. And he loves us too much to leave us that way. 
God's love reaches a person right where they are. In, in, in their greatest moment of victory or their most horrendous moment of defeat, God's love reaches out to you. And when God loves us, then we see ourselves loved by God and then we respond to God's love with love. See, psychologists call this the law of reciprocal affection, that I will love people who love me, right? And if someone doesn't love you anymore, then you stop loving them. See, God's law of reciprocal affection is God initiates that love. Right? And then as we experience God's love, then we want to give God love back. And then of course, as we're experiencing God's love and we're giving and we're giving it back to Him, then God says, Now I want you to love other people. And so we're receiving love from God, and then it's flowing out our lives to other people. Of course, we get that from the greatest commandment. I like to call it upward, inward, and outward. We experience God's love and we give it back to Him. That's the upward, the relationship with God, and then God's love changes our hearts and our lives. Right, So we learn how to love ourselves through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that who would ever believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So we see ourselves through the lens of the cross, and then we love our neighbor as ourselves. We start moving out on into the world. And so listen, God has given us the gift of his love so that his love can rule in our lives. Listen to what it says in First Peter chapter 4, verse 8. It says, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. And that's a quotation from Proverbs 10, verse 12. I love that. Above all things, the most important thing, the greatest of these is that we have a fervent love for one another. Oh, I love that. God has a fervent love for us, and then he invites us to share that, to pay it forward to one another. Oh, in these uncertain times, you want, you want a fail-proof faith? Let love rule. Spend your time loving people, praying for people, encouraging people. Pull out your mobile device or, your, or open up your email browser and start just sending people notes. Just saying, listen, God loves you. God is for you. I believe in you. Do you need anything? Can I help you in any way? See, all of these different ways, we want to let love rule because God loves us with an everlasting love and an unconditional love. And because he does that, he invites you and I to be able to love other people. See, God has given us the gift of his love so that we can share it. Oh, I love that. God has given us the gift of his love so that we can share it with other people. And even though we might be quarantined and isolated from one another right now, there are myriads of ways to be able to let that love rule and to share God's love with one another. You know, it's a lost art in this day and age, the art of the simple encouragement. In a culture where people have a tendency to beat one another down and to tear people down, just a simple note that says, listen, I believe in you because God believes in you. I love you. I see that you're growing. I see that you're working hard. I see that you're trying. Hey, I see that you're fearful, but I want you to know that God is for you. See, we need to learn the art of encouraging one another. We live in such a discouraging season of life. And there's all these things going on that can discourage people. And a kind word can literally change the trajectory of somebody's life. A a moment where someone stops and pays attention to somebody. So powerful. But God has given us his love so that we can share that love with other people. We want to let love rule because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power because we got that power, the Holy Spirit. 
He's given us love. We want to let love rule. And then notice 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Brothers and sisters, listen. We got to keep our heads. You need to keep your head. Because God hasn't given us a spirit of getting crazy, being full of drama, being all worked up. God wants us to keep our heads together. You know, in times of uncertainty, in scary times, in, in unprecedented times, it's really easy to lose your head, isn't it? It's really easy to let things get so built up in our heads that we can't help anybody, where we're literally falling apart. And one of the things I love so much about the Lord is that it says that he's given us the gift of a sound mind. He wants us as individuals to, to keep our heads. You know, and, and that's why I always like to remind people that, listen, we're all watching the news and we're all getting the updates of all the things that are going on. But what you need to remember is that as you're watching the news, you need to keep your head in the word of God. That's why as a church, we have this Bible reading plan. Come and join us on it. You can pick it up on our website. You can pick it up on our, on the Crossroads mobile app, right? Where you can just read through the scriptures with us. Because guess what? We need to keep the Bible in our right hand, that hand of strength. We allow the scriptures to help us understand what's going on in the world. Because when you hear the news and everything is going on, it's so easy to get frazzled. It's so easy to get worked up. It's so easy to get fearful. But then when you look in your Bibles, you realize that God has everything under control. And even though it might seem crazy to us, God's not freaking out. God's not nervous. And you and I need to learn how to keep our heads in the midst of times of uncertainty. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, you hear what he's saying? He's saying, don't be shaped into the image of the world, but be transformed. And that transformation happens by the renewing of our minds. See, God wants to do a work of renewal in our minds. He wants to give us the mind of Christ. He wants to teach us how to keep and steward and guard our minds in such a way that in the midst of uncertainty, we have that unstoppable hope. We keep our eyes on the Lord and we know that God is in control. And as we do that, as we're transformed by this renewing of our mind, then our lives begin to prove out what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, the way that we think, as the old philosophical saying says, I think, therefore what? I am. See, so much of our life happens in our minds. And when our minds have been renewed and we've been transformed, then we begin to live our lives in a way that proves out the very things that God has for us. Jesus is Today, Pastor Daniel explained how God has graciously given believers beautiful gifts in dark seasons to bring hope and peace. These gifts banish the fear and hopelessness that can threaten to overwhelm you. God gives you His power through His Holy Spirit to live as a believer in this dark world. He loves you deeply, and that love strengthens you and flows out of you. And He gives you a sound mind to stay focused on Him amidst the chaos. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to let you know that my friend, you're going to make it. 
In my latest book, You're Gonna Make It, Unlocking Resilience When Life is a Mess, I unpack the keys to living with a deeply biblical resilience. You will explore how to blossom during times of suffering, fear and worry and stress. And in this messy world, these keys are invaluable. Pre-order the book today at JesusIsReal.com. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page. That website again is JesusIsRealRadio.com. In a world where you hardly get noticed, unless you're boastful, prideful, and extraordinary, Jesus came teaching a different way. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will describe how Jesus came teaching and demonstrating humility instead of selfishness, sacrifice instead of greed, love and meekness instead of authoritarian pride. Seek to live like Jesus did, even if the world is counter to this. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.